0: Heavenly Father, this morning we uh, continue to open our hearts as we have been worshipping this very moment ago, and we open our hearts and our minds to you. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you will inspire, illuminate, reveal the Father to us. As we um, look together at your word, we just ask that you would um, speak... Holy Spirit, we pray that you we might live lives that honor you, Jesus. And um, so we say, "Come and have your way, Father God. Come and have your way, Holy Spirit." Just we really do want to, as we've been singing, bring you glory, Jesus, with lives that honor you, and uh, the challenges that we face in the age in which we live. We say, uh, Lord, we declare that we are more than conquerors in you. We can do all things through you, Jesus, who gives us strength. We thank you for that. And uh, I just want to pray for anyone this morning that's been lonely, that's hard pressed, hurting or broken, uh, maybe not feeling poorly, that you, Father God, will be close. You'll lift them. Jesus, we thank you that you you stretch your hands out on the cross It didn't just end there. When you rose again, you keep stretching out your hands, your living hands to lift us and raise us to be with you. So this morning we reach out to you and your loving arms, Father God, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Good morning. It's great to see you uh, today. I want to just take up a a theme this morning, looking at the danger of a hard heart. We've been looking at for a number of weeks at this area of the heart. It's something that I've been looking at when I'm speaking. And um, a few weeks ago, we, a number of weeks ago, we started to look at the, the idea of realigning our hearts beginning of the new year. What does it mean to just line up our hearts with God again? You know, we, we talked about this idea of just an aeroplane that's just half a degree when it takes off. If it's sat nav, is half a degree out. It ends up at a destination that could be miles away. And so too with our hearts. Unless we're lined up with the heart of God, we can find ourselves after months or years just not be, maybe being in that place that God wants us to be. And so we looked at that and what that meant. And then a few weeks later, looked at this idea of, what do we do if we've got a broken heart? You know, life hurts. And, and how can we find healing and hope in, in God? And uh, uh, last, last week, we looked at a heart for the house. What does it mean to you know, have a heart for the, the, the people of God and uh, that we are the living house of God? And what does that mean? And we looked at that uh, last week. So today, I want to just take for a few moments the dangers of a hardened heart. How do we find ourselves in that situation? How do we get out of that? What are the implications? There is good news because we can find ourselves in a good place. And uh, so I'm going to look at that for a moment or two. Just to say before we do, um, you might want to turn to uh, Hebrews chapter three while I just mention something else for a moment or two, but turn to Hebrews three for a moment. Just thank you. Um, As you came in this morning, you may find beside you, nearby you, not as many this time, but um, a building oasis uh, building fund pledge card Um, i won't say it all over again but just big thank you Uh, we sort of started to just share again about the the new building and getting up to a place that we can start work and uh, looking at pledging towards that we asked that 80 people uh, if 80 people could give five pounds a week then you know we'd be in a place to take things forward for the future you know so far 17 people from last week i'm just saying so thank you uh, 17, people, 17 different people have begun to pledge, and, and already people were pledging. So, you know, already people were pledging. So if you um, are interested, you feel God tugging your heart to, to get involved, we talked about throwing back starfish, as it were, then um, put your pledge, you know, fill out one of these pledge card things and uh, put it in the offering basket. So in any time when the offering basket's coming by during our times of worship, Please put your pledge card in the offering basket. Um, if if you, Today, as you go, there'll be a basket near the door. Put your pledge card in the offering basket. It's great to get involved. So thank you, everyone that's getting involved in that. We really appreciate that. God bless you. So Hebrews chapter three reads like this. Uh, I'm going to read the, 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 the chapter. It's not too long so we can get the context. And, uh, and so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about uh, this. Jesus, whom we declare to be God's messenger, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and High Priest, for he was faithful to God and appointed him who appointed him just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses, just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who built, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truth of God would reveal later. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house. And we, that's us collectively, we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in the hope in Christ. Verse 7. That is why the Holy Spirit says, and this is an encouragement to continue, an encouragement for courage, not to give up, okay? That is why the Holy Spirit says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled and when they tested me in the wilderness. There, your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw many miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them and I said, Their hearts are all, always turned away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath they will never enter my place of rest. Be careful, then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving. Turning Uh, turning uh, you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it's still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. This is the idea of the hardened heart again. Verse 14, for if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says. And there's a repetition again. It's so important does God feel? So important does the Holy Spirit feel of this subject about the hardened heart. He says, today when you hear his voice, again, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God? Even they who heard his voice. Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? These are the believing people, the people chosen by God, in other words. Verse 17, and who made God angry for 40 years. Wasn't it the people who sinned, Those corpses lay in the wilderness. And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Do not harden your heart. It's dangerous. It's dangerous to have a hardened heart. It's really dangerous for our spiritual health. And on this, we're speaking about our spiritual, emotional Um, Also, you you relate to your physical health, but I want to speak about spiritual and emotional mental health and well-being this morning. Um, I was uh, reading uh, a writer and they were speaking about compassion and having a heart of compassion. And in the course of this article on compassion, there was a a few words that struck me. And uh, this Christian writer had this to say about the hardening of the heart. They said, the funny thing about the heart is, is a soft heart is a strong heart and a hard heart is a weak heart. So it's, it's an article on compassion and having a compassionate heart and the power of compassion, okay? But let me just read that to you again because it's an interesting thing. This Christian writer said, the funny thing is this about the heart and it's this. The soft heart, which you think, well, that'd be weak, is actually a strong heart and a hard heart, which you think would be the strong, is actually a weak heart. Heart can crack, you see. It can crack. So let's look at a few things. There are three things that I just want to look at, and then we're going to come and pray together, maybe respond, and see where the Holy Spirit takes us this morning. First thing is this what is it? What is a hard heart? When we're we're looking at this this theme, we're encouraged, And, and, and so important is it that God says again and again. Um, Hebrews is referring, the writer in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7, is referring to an occasion in the Old Testament where God's people rebelled and said, we want to go back to Egypt. And uh, they wouldn't take on board anything that Moses was saying. They wouldn't take to heart anything that God was saying. And they just wanted to do things their way. And it turned into they did their things their way. It's called a rebellion. And God says, when you harden your heart, it can lead to rebellion. So it's a dangerous thing. So, what is it? Um, the Bible, again and again, in the Old and the New Testament, um, when it refers to the heart, right, per se, it doesn't necessarily mean our physical heart, the very center of our, 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 our bodies and our beings, that, that, that is the pump for our lives. But, but it's referring to my mind, your emotions. And our will. In Eastern thought, in Hebrew thought, Jesus comes from the East, Jesus came from Israel. In Hebrew and Eastern thought and understanding, in biblical thought as well, not just Eastern thought, may I say, biblical, Old Testament and New Testament thinking. When the writers are speaking and God is speaking about the heart, He's speaking about my mind, my emotions, and my will. The way I think, the way I feel. And then what causes me to act, my will. And, and that is, is what guides our lives. Just as the heart is the, that guiding for all the organs in the body, pumping blood around the body, so central to your life and my life in keeping all the organs of my, my body uh, oxygenated with the blood with oxygen and, and all the other nutrients that go and keeps my, my organs vital. So to, spiritually speaking, your mind and your emotions and my will um, keeps me oxygenated, keeps me alive uh, and, and in, in God. And so the, the writer, when God says, do not harden your heart, he says, don't let your mind, don't let my emotions and don't let my will become um, out of sync with God's heart, out of alignment, um, uh, hardened um, and, uh, uh, to, to him. And so he's speaking about this aspect of the heart the mind, the emotions, and the will, uh, and and so this idea of hardening of the mind, emotions, and will is this: um, we don't re- we don't um, we don't uh, receive and we don't release. In other words, um, to, when we have a hardened mind, a hardened emotions, and a hardened will, it's it's like this: we we don't hear and we don't obey. You can hear, but you don't hear. I I practice. Uh, selective hearing with my wife Helen from time to time, you've heard me say it, and, um, which doesn't make her very happy, because uh, if she says to me, Adrian, I'm in trouble, if it's, if it's aid, that's a nice endearment, as soon as it turns to Adrian, because I've not been listening to her, and it's my wake up call, I'll be like, oh yes dear, yeah, yes dear, yeah. Yeah? she's not here, so I can say this at the moment. And uh, and so sometimes I, I sort of select not to. But uh, you know, with with a hardened heart, we hear but we don't hear. You know, when you're 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 you're, you're here but you're not here. And we can be here but not really here. And uh, as Christians, we can. God is speaking. The Holy Spirit speaks. Zephyr, doesn't he? Little Zephyr. so alert. It's amazing smiling. And we can, we, but we don't hear. And it's, Jesus talked about the sower and the seed. And, the, and, and the, the, the sower being God, Jesus, and the seed being the word. And different types of ground, hard ground, ground with weeds. And, and when we don't hear, it's as if the seeds just bounce off. The seed is going into the atmosphere, the word is coming towards me, it's coming towards you, but I don't receive it. You see, to hear it, you've got to really receive it, take it in. My mind is somewhere else, my heart is somewhere else. And, uh, and so the hardened heart doesn't receive. You hear it, I hear lots of people say, oh yeah, I've heard that before, I've heard that, I've read that in the Bible. Okay, what are you doing about it? I don't say that as a pointing finger at you, but what's happening? Have you really, are we receiving this? as my wife will say to me, "Aid, Adrian, is are you receiving me? And it wakes me up. And you know, and so God's wake up call is don't harden your heart. And uh, we'll look at how we can get out of that in a moment or two. And so we don't receive, we don't hear, and we don't obey, do something about, we don't release, in other words. It doesn't come out of us. So if we don't receive The danger is with a hardened heart, we're not receiving God's word. We're not in a place to release it from our lives. You wonder why we're not moving on as Christians. We're not not growing. It might be, it might not be, but it just might be that something has to happen with our hearts. So at the beginning of the year, we looked at the realignment of heart with God. And... Uh, the danger is this, uh, he likens it, the writer there, uh, Paul in, in there, says it's unbelief. Do not harden your hearts as the, that, in that day as they did with unbelief. Because if we don't receive and we don't release, it means we're not trusting God. That's unbelief. Oh my word, Christians, believers, if we allow our hearts to get hard, God looks upon it as unbelief, not believing him. Not believing him for our marriage, not believing him for our church, not believing him for our nation, not believing him in our finance, not believing him with our lives, not believing him in trusting Jesus Christ, not believing him. And this is why he talks about unbelief, the hard heart. And so we um, do our own thing. If we're not believing, if we're not hearing, if we're not receiving, then we're rebelling. You find yourself by default position. You don't set yourself out to go against God to rebel, but it's by stealth. We'll look at that in a moment. We find ourselves going our way. And if we go our way in its own, without God's way, it's called rebellion. It's as powerful and as stark as that. So it's dangerous, in other words, to have a hardened heart. And uh, so, yeah. And, you know, uh, in, in hot climates, you can be in a very hot climate, and you may have gone on holiday in a very hot climate, and, and uh, the ground is really hard, and it chucks it down with rain, and then uh, half an hour later, the ground is just absolutely bone dry again, because the water just rolls off, doesn't it? And our hearts, if our hearts are just deadened, toughened, and we look at how that can happen, then when God waters, the Holy Spirit touches, and the Holy Spirit's here, that's the difference. Somebody can say, great, God is here. Another Christian can say, I didn't feel anything. I know it's subjective, it's all we're all at different walks in our life, I, I, that's true, but it's got to, we've got to watch our hearts. And this is why the writer in Proverbs, Proverbs four twenty three says, guard your heart, it's the wellspring of life. You've got to be intentional, and you've got to do something about our hearts. Uh, and that's something I want to look at tonight, we're going to look at how you guard your heart tonight, and pray about that together. So... It's so important. And and so Paul is writing in Hebrews to believers. He's writing to the church. You would think a hardened heart is for an atheist. A hardened heart is someone who is dead against church, dead against God, doesn't believe in anything. But Paul is writing to Christians. In actual fact, God says, was it not the people that came out of Egypt that saw my miracles? Isn't that amazing? I find that stark and incredible that God is speaking to people like you and me. Christians or believers, if if, if this morning you trust God with all your heart and life and you consider yourself a Christian, he's talking to perhaps you and me about don't allow, it's possible for our hearts to get hardened. That's the possibility. Okay, let's move on. So uh, it's Im- so important, he's mentioned it again here in the New Testament. And you say, oh, that was in the Old Testament. And uh, a group of people hardened their hearts. They disbelieved God, did their own thing. And for 40 years, they walked around in a wilderness. But, you know, today, today, he's speaking to us too. So, okay, then, but how? How? So second thing is this. If that's what it is, how can we get into that place where our heart is hardened? Not a definitive list but just a few things. I would say that, from, I, I don't know about you, but in my case, when my heart becomes hardened, and over the years that I've gone through seasons where I've had to realign my heart, okay, and I've been honest, I've been talking about this is my desire to realign my heart. So for me, this is how it can sometimes work. It's a bit like anesthetic, it creeps up on you. Very rarely do I find that people set out as a, as a believer to go against God. and not, not often, it can happen, it can happen, Often, it's a creeping sickness. It's by stealth. It comes upon us, and within time, we find ourselves. At first, maybe not, but within time. It's a bit like the anaesthetic, uh, that uh, you know, the, the anesthetist is just talking to you, talking to you, and the next bit, you're gone, and then they're waking you up and saying, come round, come round, you, you, you've, had, you've been out for the last three hours, the operation's done. And it's a bit like that with a hardened heart. It creeps up, it creeps up. We find ourselves, and we're not aware. And you may be this morning not aware that your heart has been a little bit hardened to God, perhaps. Uh, But let's hope that we will maybe be alerted to that this morning and do something about it. So it can creep up. And so I'm just going to pick out three areas. Uh, I, I believe that it creeps up on us through hurts, through hurry, and through hankering. Three areas that I just want to pick up on very quickly. Uh, this is not, as I said, not a definitive list. You may find many other things, but there's three broad areas that I found in my in my own life that it can sometimes come and uh, hurts. You know, um, in in life, things can go wrong, and uh, we can get burnt, and so much so we're scorched. It's like scorched earth. And over time, if we put the walls up. And we, 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 you know, if somebody's hurt you, you we put up a barrier and never have that again. Uh, you know in church life another Christian can hurt you your church could hurt you your pastor might say things that, that hurt you and do things a neighbor and people a loved one a husband or a wife or and there are things hurts you know there are things in our lives whereby to protect our hearts there is a mechanism we have a natural defense mechanism to put up a barrier or to put up a wall and say never again I'll never cry. I I, I, many years ago when I was in Aberdeen, meeting someone that said, "I'll never cry again." I I knew a lady that said, "I will never love another man again." Helen and I knew someone, and eventually the Holy Spirit touched their heart, and they had amazing healing, and they did find someone, uh, uh, and they remarried, and and it was an amazing story. But this person, I I could understand. This person had been terribly hurt by another uh, uh, a person in her life and said never again will i and there was it was this something was a barrier you could say it's like a hardening uh, uh, can creep in and you know hurts outraged i'm not having that that's wrong it's not wrong to be upset but when we begin to dig in or put up a wall or or bolt the door it can creep up on us And, you know, you can be in a meeting like this and God can be moving and then you can hear, even you could even hear what's being spoken on this morning and it it just can rebound off. It can just rebound off. It can rebound off us. And I can understand it because with hurt, it hurts. And so to defend ourselves against hurt, we keep it at bay. But God wants us to open our hearts to him that he might heal and set free. All the songs that we sing about being set free, aren't they? And uh, it, so the ground can be hard. it's like scorch earth. Hurry. You know, I find that in the world in which we live, it, it's busy, 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 isn't it? We can busy ourselves in so much stuff, so many things. It's so much so that um, some months ago, maybe last year, I, I spoke on a message called Being Busy Better. It wasn't just a catchphrase. I felt God speaking to me in my own life that I needed to be busy better in God. If you go on our web our webpage, there's, there, it's probably archived there somewhere. How to be busy better. You know, if you live a busy life, which we all do, let's be busy better in God. God gives a busyness whereby we can still get on with our lives and there's a lot of things calling upon us. But how do we do that in God? And today it's a real challenge. And I feel for so many, so I felt it was a challenge for me, so we spoke about that and we've been praying into that. But, so have a listen to that. But you know, hurry. Um, you know, this is why God gives us a rest. He gives rest, the seventh day. In the Genesis, book of Genesis, there is what's called Sabbath rest. God does busyness well. He takes in and enjoys all, and so the Sabbath is to take in and enjoy. I make many Christians. Oh, I need a, I need a, a lifetime off church, or I need a week off church, or I need. And I think, well, with God, you know, I, I want to be with Him and. There's something about resting God and being with God. And so um, this is why he gives us this. And so we've got a busyness just pulls us with my life and with this and that and and what I want to do. It's not just with work, but with what you want to do. It's not wrong to have the things that you want in life, the stuff that you want to do and the things that we want to get, the, 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 the enjoyment that we have. These are all great things, but... Jesus talks about weeds that grow up in the garden with the parable of the sower. And they just choke the life. And uh, I I would say one of the things today is that we uh, have so much to choose and to make so many choices. And the world is our oyster. But it's a plan there just to choke us to death. And I want to be busy better in God. And so hurry as a way of just get past it quick. Move on to the next thing. Let's get the anointing now. Let's move into the next new thing. What happened to be still and know that I am God? I mean, how unproductive is that, being still? Come on. In the world of productivity, in the ticky box that I need to do in the sense of how many baptisms we've had, how many conversions, how many people in church, how many things have you done, how many new projects. Be still and know that I am God. Oh, wow. So, uh, hankering. That's a word and a half for you. I was trying to think of something that would rhyme with H. And uh, hankering. Hankering means desire after. To desire after. Hurt, hurry, hanker. It means to desire after. And uh, so today, leisure and pleasure. Well, we need leisure. We're so busy, we need to chill out. Of course you do. Of course I do. Of course all of us do. But now we're, we're, we're so chilled out. We're, we're not chilled out at all. We're so strung up on so much stuff today but leisure and pleasure. And so we, we desire after stuff. You know, we can hanker after things. We've never before have we got so much stuff and they want us to buy more stuff. You know, that's why Amazon are doing so incredibly well. Uh, they just want, you know, it's not wrong to have stuff, by the way. I've got stuff. I buy stuff from time to time. You know, so it's, it's not wrong, but it's, it's this desire for stuff, this, this hanker, this, they've got to get, I've got to have the next, I must And it just takes my heart. Jesus said, you know, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And hang, this, this, it's not, look, you know, you'll think, oh, he's on his soapbox. Look, I'm honestly not. But there is, there's this pull on the heart today like we've never known. It's so powerful. It's so intoxicating. And uh, God wants our heart. You know, you can have things and God will have your heart. But uh, if you just go after things, God just won't have a heart. And hanker. So we can desire. So hanker for stuff and things. We could, we, you know, you could desire hanker for your own way. Forget the stuff for a minute. You might think, I've got nothing. But you just want your way, my way, my, my opinion. You know, there, sometimes in life we desire our own opinion. And it's not wrong to have an opinion, but we <sighs> become Opinionated. And so it's not just stuff, they hankering, but I, I hanker for my way, I hanker for my things. We live in an age of me, my, and I. We live in such an independent age. It's not wrong to have independence, but we are interdependent. And we're dependent on God. God calls us to give our whole lives to him, to depend on him. And so this hanker is a powerful pull. It is it, what it does. So when we go after stuff, we go after our own way. We go after our own desire to, the, to, to uh, you know, to the detriment of God. Um, it, it pulls us away from God, and it does something to your heart. It distances the heart. It, do, it, with the distance, we become dull. Not that you are a dull person, but we become deadened, dull. The distance dulls and deadens the heart, which begins to harden the heart. And so he wants us close. And so this is why he's, we, we've sung songs, Draw Me Close to You. Never Let Me Go. You're all I want. You're all I ever needed. So It's so old, it's new, isn't it? So it's a, it's an int- a great song, that. But the desire, it's, it's the hank, it's the desire for God again. And I've, we've been speaking about desire, devotion, and emotion. And a desire for God, a desire for Jesus, a desire for his presence, a desire for him. And so, uh, you know, these, and so this is how we can find ourselves. You know, maybe I've not done it justice, not, I haven't got the time, but moving on to the final. So, what can we do about it then? So, as I said, it's not a definitive list, but there's something we can do. So, what can we do about if we find our hearts being pulled away, if we find our hearts dulled or deadened, if we find our hearts, you know, with a wall, and we, I never will, there's a, a fence, if we find our hearts that we, we hardened, if we're finding that, you know, we're not receiving, things aren't just getting through. And, and uh, so what can we um, what can we do well this is what you can do two things humble and hungry be humble and hungry if we're going to see our hearts uh, opened again to God if we're going to see uh, a softening of our hearts uh, then we need to be humble and hungry simple things two simple things and with this we'll close and the worship team are going to come, come up in a moment or two when I say humble, this is what we can do if we want to open up our hearts again. If we want to see our hearts touched by God again. If we want to see uh, that we can receive God's word again. If we want, what, what, then to be humble. To be humble is, is a couple of things that I would say about this. Is uh, acknowledge my need of God. Acknowledge that I need you. You're all I want. You're all I ever needed. You know that song, draw me close to you, never let me go? You're all I want. You're all I ever needed. It's great theology. Great words, but it's also great theology. So acknowledging the, our need of God in my life. There's something about acknowledging, I need you, Jesus. You know, we live our lives and we act as if we don't need God. Unless, as a parachute cord, we've got to pull the, pull the cord because we're now falling. But generally in life, if we're in danger, we live our lives as if we don't need God. We get on, we do this, we make plans, we buy and we sell, we go. It's dangerous, isn't it? And God wants us to acknowledge him every step of the way. And uh, uh, to acknowledge, so to, so to humble myself is to say, "I need you, God." You know, you know, you don't have to be a worm. You don't have to rely on the floor for God to stamp on you. Oh, I'm such a worm. God, come and humiliate me. To to just acknowledge God, say, "I need you." That's you coming with humility. That's the humbling of your heart. As we begin to do that, an amazing doors begin to open in the heart. The heart begins to soften. It's incredible. It's the power the Holy Spirit begins to touch us again. So acknowledge our need of him. You know, that's what heals the hardness. Healing of the hardness is when we begin to acknowledge him. Uh, one Christian writer, it was in a Charisma magazine I was reading, and they said this, uh, unless you allow God to heal your heart, you will never grow past the place of your wandering. Oh, can I read that, that again? It, it struck me because the, when they rebelled, when they hardened their hearts, they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness doing their own thing. And in Charisma, I read this, it said this, Charisma is a charismatic American Christian magazine and it said this, this writer was saying, unless you allow God to heal your heart, you'll never grow past the place of your wandering. Sometimes in our lives, we wander in our own opinion, we wander in a hurt and there's an acknowledgement that says, hang on, I'll stop. God, I need you. God, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. And then, begins to heal, begins to heal, the healing of that. Second, if we're going to humble, I think to forgive. Oh, it's the word to forgive. Forgive others, forgive yourself perhaps. I don't know, it means releasing and letting go, not standing in judgment. And this morning, you may need to forgive yourself for taking, I, I knew a lady that had to forgive herself for saying, I will never trust another man again. Many years ago, she forgave the man that hurt her, then she asked for forgiveness for herself and then she got I won't say but gloriously healed and married again some years later and is still married to that man this day you see forgiveness opens the heart asking God's forgiveness forgive me Lord if I've been hard forgive me Lord if I've been my own opinion forgive me God if I've lived my own way, I give you My heart this morning. Maybe to forgive another is to release them and not judge them. You're not you're not going to set yourself up to be walked all over again because God will look out for you, God will protect you, but it's to just not stand in judgment anymore. To be thankful. I think if we're going to humble ourselves in the act of humility is to acknowledge our need, maybe to be forgiving, to be thankful always, to seek to be thankful. Even on those days. You know, I live we live in a world where we, we we are we're very clever. God, we're made very clever. God made us very clever in his image, you see. And we're very resourceful as human beings. We can do so many things. And we can sort of just get on with it, can't we? But to thank God that I've got breath today. Thank God for life. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you, you're new every day. Thank you, I'm on this earth. Thank you that you're in my life. As we begin to thank, it changes the geography of our heart. If we're going away from God, just by being thankful, it brings us back. And the geography of my heart is changed. Try, it, it's a powerful thing. You know, if you may think I've got, the danger is I've got nothing to thank God for. It might be like that. That's like a darkened room where you can't get out anywhere. But as you begin to just thank God that you're in my life today, thank God that I have breath today, you begin to get out of the darkened room. You begin to get out of the prison cell. The geography of the heart is changed. That's how you open your heart. And uh, to be hungry... To be hungry is, is Jesus said, he, he, I am the bread of life. If you feed on me, you'll never be hungry. And there's a desire, it's got to be a desire to, for his presence, for the presence of Jesus in my life. Not taking it for granted. Um, you know, monotony, day in, day out, week in, week out. I desire to know you today, Lord. A desire to just know the immediacy of your goodness this very moment. As I'm worshipping right now, I love you and I'm going to give you my life today. That breaks monotony. You know, you may have come to our church, this church, for many, many years. Sat in the same seat, possibly. For many, I've sinned to sit in the same one, on this one here. And uh, you get used, we get used to stuff. Maybe we should all just change a seat now. (laughs) And then change a seat again or something. I don't know. I don't know. But... um, uh, I, I, but, but just a hunger for his presence today, a, a desire to say, I'm hungry for you today, God. Today, this moment, right now, in, in worship, this very, I just love you. As you begin to do that, even if you don't feel like it, my feelings begin to move. The geography of my feelings move to a place where I begin to feel something different. That's how the, you know your heart is Being softened and brought back again and again and I'm so hungry for him, a hunger for his presence, a hunger for the holy spirit, a desire and, and it starts start where you are don't try and jump and be you know light years ahead as you were when you first were just today say i 'm going to open my heart now i 'm going to love you now i 'm going to just the, your presence now, and as soon as you begin to do that you, you you step into a different place the geography of the heart is changed as the holy Spirit begins to release and reveal. You know, I was talking about devotion and emotion, desire, a desire for his presence. To the woman at the well, um, Jesus said, drink. The drink that you'll drink, if I give you, it, give it, you'll never thirst again. You know, when we're hungry, we, 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 we will always be filled. When there's a desire for God, desire, a devotion, a desire for God, he will never let you and I down. He'll never let us down. Never, never, never. And so he he will fill us. He will uh, touch us. He will anoint us. He will love us. He will come and open up our heart uh, for us. And so uh, to humble and to be hungry uh, is a way of dealing with a hardened heart. Let's pray together. God bless you. And uh, thank you for listening. You probably couldn't do anything else because you can't get out the door yet. But I thank you anyway. Let's take to heart whatever god has for you and for me and the holy spirit will have something different for you as for me or the person beside you but to each one of us that's the beauty of the wonder of the holy spirit he has something for you something for me he knows your name he knows you and he cares about you and me how beautiful is that heavenly father we love you and thank you that you are a father that knows and cares. You know everything and you care. And so right now we say, forgive me if I've allowed my heart to become (coughs) hardened. I acknowledge my need of you. I need you, Jesus, more today than I did yesterday. If I've been hurt, this morning, if you've been hurt, will you release the person that's hurt you? Will you forgive yourself? I forgive that person. I release them into your hands or the circumstance my husband or wife, my boss at work, pastor in the church, another Christian family member I forgive them and let them go into your hands will you forgive me Father God if I have put up barriers and walls to protect myself from hurt set me free this morning in Jesus name I pray perhaps this morning you're here and unbeknown to you and I we've fallen into unbelief because we're hurt because we're so hurried and busy Heavenly Father forgive me for unbelief this morning at work in my family in our church I've carried on with my life forgive me for that without you would you just come in and be everything and be everything in Jesus name maybe you're here this morning You know, you're a good person. You believe there's a God. You'll even read the Bible. You probably even pray from time to time. But you haven't come to that place in your life where you've said, God, I need you. Forgive me. I want to live for you. You know, to be a Christian, a Christian is a person that says, God, Father God, forgive me for living for me without you. That's called sin. I want to live for you. Maybe you're here this morning and that's you. And So at this very moment, right here, right now, if that's you, you've never in your life come to that point where you've said, God, I want to live for you. So what did God do? He said, God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in his son Jesus shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so that gap between you and me, me and God, Jesus put out his arms, paid the price with his life, and became a bridge to life that allows you to get back to God, to live for him, to cross his living life. If that's you this morning, then pray this prayer. Father God, forgive me for living for me on my own. believed in God, prayed for times, maybe even read the Bible, but I've not really believed in Jesus and given my life to say, I want to live for you. Forgive me. Forgive me, forgive me that I may know your forgiveness and healing. Holy Spirit, would you just come in and flood our hearts and lives right now in Jesus' name.